Welcome everybody to No One Likes the Tune. I'm starting off hot this week. I'm coming in. This is this is actually the opposite of hot. This is what they refer to the biz as a cold open. No, it's a hot open. Hot open. I'm just going straight into the intro. Uh huh. Welcome everybody to No One Likes the Tune podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nostera, and I'm Daryl Wong. Daryl, every week we watch a Fast and the Furious movie. Is that more or less the state of our lives? It is. It has been, and it will be indefinitely. In perpetuity. Yes. <laughs> As my lawyer would say. Um, this week we're on cycle 23, and we watched Tokyo Drift. The Fast mm-hmm. and the Furious colon Tokyo Drift. Starring Sung Kang. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's his name? Sean. Um, who plays Sean? What's his fucking name? Lucas Black. Thank you. Sean Black. Boswell, Lucas Black. Black and Bow. Yes. yes. Is he billed as Bow Wow in this movie? I think so. I think at the time he was still. He was I think still he had dropped the. Going. I think he had dropped. The Lil at this point. Right, right, right. I know he drops Lil pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Does he drop Lil? Does he have a Lil for like Mike? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. definitely Lil. He's still in that Lil. Movie. Right. I think that actually uh, enhanced the enjoyment of the performance with a Lil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Lil Chad Teddy. Moss is the man's name. Mm hmm. As Lil Bow Wow. And let's just take a quick look at Tokyo Drift. How was your watch through? Uh, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Not so good. I mean, it's hard to pull new stuff. It's hard to pull new stuff for these movies. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to, like, really talk about anything fucking new in this movie whatsoever, pretty much. I did pull a couple things, though. Uh-huh. I wanted to sway. Can I launch in? Yeah, please do. Oh, he did drop the lil. By the way, just looked it up. It's just just dropped. Bow-wow. He dropped the lil. He's going by Bow Wow. He has not done the full transformation to Shad. To Shad Moss. Yeah. Shad's a cool name. Mm-hmm. I don't know any other Shads or of <laughs> any it, other Shads. Is it a smooth sh or a sharp ch- cheddar? No, 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 no. it's S H A D. Oh. Shad. Oh, okay. Okay. Shad. Very Moss. smooth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raising. <laughs> I like that. I like yeah. that. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like shade, but without the E. Shad. Shad. It's like a French person, which we'll talk about some French people uh-huh. on our next recording that we have to do right after this. Uh it's like a French person trying to pronounce shade. Shad. Uh-huh. Shed. <laughs> Une umbrella for the shed. <laughs> hey, uh, go down to the chambres day. I sit on the tree. I get some shed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Shad Moss. I don't want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. What I do want to talk about is dissuade the idea. There has become there's a prevalent idea in car movies and car TV shows and car and racing depictions. That 
Body and paintwork is easy and quick and doesn't take any effort at all. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these guys have like 36 hours to get this Mustang, which has been sitting in the garage for like 20 years, not Mm -hmm. working, ready to go. I put an entirely new engine block in it that's custom that has to fit, you know. And then, but like besides the engine work, which is extensive. Mm-hmm. They're going to the mountain to test it, which is like, it's a trip to get there. It takes time to test it. They're doing all sorts of stopwatch stuff. Mm-hmm. And then they got to get back and make the improvements. Then they have to do body work. And it's like, there's so many shows that are just like body work done. Mm-hmm. It's like, it looks like shit. And then you see them like sanding something or like, a spray going across and then it's done. Mm-hmm. I just want to let you know, I'm trying to work on the body work of my triumph, like by myself. And I'm obviously slow at it. Cause I've never done anything like that before. I'm like watching YouTube videos and filling, doing bog as filler, you know, like Bondo cool. filler shit. It's not cool. It's actually, I hate it, mm-hmm. but I don't want to pay for somebody else to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm doing all that kind of shit. And then it takes for fucking ever. (laughs) What's the extent of the work that needs to be done on the triumph? Is it dings and dents or? Well, it's rust. Mm. Mm -hmm. Which like maybe by some miracle, this fucking Ford Mustang that's been sitting around for 70 years in Tokyo in the mm-hmm. rain doesn't have any rust. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it's basically rust and like the, the clear coat, which is a sun protective coat, is peeling off. Mm-hmm. And um, it's this canary yellow. And like, I'm like, if I'm just going to strip this whole thing and fix the rust, which is what you're sort of supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to like, you can't just like, Spray off a spot, put some rust sealant on that, and then because the rust it'll is keep pervasive, permeating, spreads. yeah, it'll keep bubbling. So my basic idea, and I'm, my first panel is the trunk lid, mm-hmm. is to like strip all the paint off, which I did, which is annoying. Sand it, you know, uh, put rust sealant on the spots that are poking through, but then also do like a rust sealant primer. And then paint it. But that's like many layers. It's just so many layers of fucking sanding. Mm-hmm. It's like strip it and then you do like a... You spray this stuff on that like shows you where the heavy grooves and cracks are and stuff like that. And so you're like sanding it with rough. And then you're spraying that again to show where the stuff... can The revealer and then sanding that again with a little lighter. And then you're doing like a... You do a couple rounds of that and then you do a primer and then you like repeat the whole process and then you do uh, a couple coats of paint and then you like wet sand it with super fine sandpaper and wow. then you do like a polyurethane coating a couple coats of polyurethane. I mean it's like it's process it's fucking and that's not even including like the filler and shaping and doing you know it's like whoo you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so the fact that the idea that they're getting this done on top of all this engine work that they have to do is insane. <laughs> to like a pristine, brand new 
you know, show ready Mustang. I mean, that's just right. right. Shit takes I mean, the months. Mm-hmm. The engine that years. Right. The engine they pulled from Mona Lisa. Mm. And who's to say that sort of, I mean, was that car in tip top precision tune at the time that Sean Boswell crashed it? Probably yes. Let's say yes. Sure. Even then, though, it's been sitting around for a little while to extract that yeah. from an oldie car and fit I mean, it. You're right. Exactly. And, and and the other thing is, like, even if it's in tune for what the Mitsubishi got going on, doesn't mean it's perfectly tuned for, like, the whole, there's a whole system there. And I'm not, like, a supercar dude. I don't know what mm-hmm. engine-wise, but, like, I assume if you're connecting, trying to, like, retrofit the Mustang exhaust system into this, like, Mitsubishi engine... Uh, then you're sorry. Uh, then mm. you're like, you know. Yeah, whatever. Basically, <laughs> it's like yeah. a whole system, it, and it does. I don't know that it works out very well. It almost would have been equally, if not more, satisfying if they were able to get his dad's Mustang up to the level of uh, performance and look wise as Sean's original car that he was driving in high school. Yeah. Because, totally. right, that's a, you know, that's a work in progress. That's the most car. realistic car in the series, pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's fine. You don't need to do the full show-ready makeup there. You right. need to get it to working performance because you got to be DK, all right? And uh, that's, that's you gotta a priority. So you got to do. That's all you got to do. Just be DK. And it doesn't matter what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, straight up, this leads me to my other, only other note I took about this movie, really. Mm-hmm. Which is like, there's a line that says, that Neela says, which is like, he's the only one to ever make it to the bop. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I understand, like, he's the dude who races the fast on this mountain. <laughs> but he's the only one who's ever even made it to the bottom. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm racing, I'll race DK. I could race DK and be like, yeah, sure, let's, let me race. And then I'll go, like, five miles an hour down the mountain. I'm like, oh, I made it. <laughs> I'm the second person to ever make mm-hmm. it to the bottom of this mountain. That's crazy talk. That's crazy talk, right? And you'd think, I mean, this is a publicly maintained road. There's something that's on the top and something on the bottom of this road. It might even be a passage through to get from one town to another. The quickest way is up and down, all right? So this is a commercially and, no, publicly maintained road here. And you better believe it that people are going up and down that road. It's a commuter situation, you know? (laughs) On a regular basis. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, it's like you tell me all these commuters like crash mm-hmm. on their way to work every day. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think so. Um, yeah, so that shit doesn't make any sense. Right, right. So not not a huge accomplishment, DK. Mm. All right, not a huge accomplishment. Sure, you did it while potentially driving sideways, but yeah, 
justified by that, you know? you got for this week you asked me to prep something oh yes we do need to talk okay so is two that things. for this yeah, yeah two things thank you thank you thank you thank you all right i gotta go i just want to read one thing from our patreon mm-hmm. that i did ask if i could read this on the air first before we launch into the discussion we're gonna have um brendan who's one of our fantastic patrons, said, I did my homework. Let you do A couple episodes ago, we watched Babylon AD, and I had made, posited the theory that Babylon AD was the only movie in which you see Vin Diesel with chest hair. <laughs> so this was my, that's my theory. Like, mm-hmm. you, we see him shirtless all the time, but in that movie, he has like kind of thick, curly ch- chest hair. Mm-hmm. Um, Brendan says I did my homework and watched The Last Witch Hunter uh, which is another Vin Diesel movie Vin's romantic chemistry with Rose Leslie is extremely underwhelming on his end uh, Rose Leslie actress from Game of Thrones uh, also no chest hair cited uh, I confused, confused the lord of all beards which Vin Diesel has a big beard in that movie through mm-hmm. his shirt as chest hair. So so Brandon was trying to say he thought he might have chest hair, but he was either misremembering or just visually his large <laughs> beard was hanging <laughs> so far down. Maybe even having it sort of tucked into his shirt. Uh-huh. So it looked like it might yeah. be chest hair. But it yeah. Wasn't. Is the hair growing downwards or upwards? Yeah. 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 I could see how that's confusing, even on a big screen. Um he said there was a three-second sex scene in which Stubble may have been cited, but I'm not committed enough to frame by frame it. Uh-huh. All the best. Well, Brandon, Brendan, sorry, uh, we are uh, very disappointed in you that you were not committed enough to <laughs> launch that puppy frame by frame. And look through it, so, mm-hmm. do better next time is what I would say to that comment. I'm just kidding. Thank you for sending in this note. Thank you for doing the hard research. We are going to keep looking. We're going to go through Vin Diesel's entire filmography and try to find out if there is another movie other than Babylon AD in which he has chest hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will say, not just, doesn't have to be shirtless, can peek out. That qualifies. That qualifies. You got to watch out, though. I mean, he doesn't normally wear, like, a hairy sweater, no, like, wool cashmere sort of thing. It's not typically part of his costume. No. Yeah. Not even, like, I mean, he wears some, like, button-downs that are buttoned down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. maybe in that scenario. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But I'm not sure. We've definitely seen armpit hair. But that's a little that's that doesn't count either. Hmm. All right. Brendan also sent us um, a little question. He said also random question. As Americans, what are your top three cereals? Oh. I think he is from Oz. I think he's from Australia. Uh-huh. Um so we both prepped a list of our favorite three favorite cereals. We're gonna count them down. 
So, Daryl, do you want to start us off with your third favorite cereal? Are you a big mm-hmm. cereal eater, first of all? So, no. I'm not a okay. big cereal eater now. In my youth, mm-hmm. I eat cereal constantly. Right. Up until probably the end of high school. And then when it came to me being in college and trying to go and find food myself, basically have never eaten cereal since then. Only on rare occasion. Yeah. Um, I am not. Well, if I, I love sugary cereal is my deal. I don't want to mm-hmm. fuck around with muesli. Right. Or like anything. <laughs> I, I just don't. I'm not interested in your Kashi. Mm-hmm. Cereals, yeah. I have no use for these empty calories. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to eat cereal, it's going to be full of sugar. Yeah. And um, uh, so basically I buy sugary a box of sugar cereal because I'm at the grocery store and it looks delicious. And then like I don't really eat it for a while. And then I'll be hungry at like 12 30 a.m like i'm up mm. too late and i'm trying to go to sleep and i'm like oh fuck i'm hungry i'm like oh, you've talked about this <laughs> and i eat like six bowls uh-huh. Uh-huh. and then i pass out i'll eat a whole Got box it. at midnight <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. cranking you know yeah. so that's sort of my cereal eating these days which i try to limit because right. it's very bad for me. but okay. Darryl, what's okay. your top What's your number three? All right. Number three here, you and the Captain make it happen. Captain Crunch, classic. Classic. Absolutely. And classic. it's, I think it's the only uh, on my top three here that would you, that you would consider a sugary cereal. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's, I think, a theme in my favorite cereals is it's, the cereal has to start crunchy. All right, you can't be messing around with a frosted flake or anything that's already thin because right. the sogginess factor is just 100% soggy. It, it turns immediately. into mush by the end of it. Right, right. So, Captain Crunch, I really like. I mean, they have the variants, which I don't care for. I don't need any Captain Berries or what do they call those? The Berry Very, crunch very ones. crunch. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. unnecessary for it. me. I think that's taking influence from some of the other colorful sugary cereals, which mm-hmm. is unnecessary. Captain yeah. Crunch has got a good core product, and I like it. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm huge on Captain Crunch. Um, and it's like just like the surface area of how much crunch you get on a spoon to the milk ratio is incredible, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> You're getting a lot of crunchy grain, sugary surface, but you're also getting a good amount because it's so like compact and crevice and it can't stack on the spoon very tightly. You also mm-hmm. are getting like a nice spoonful of milk in that spoon as a ratio. Um, right. My number three, I'm a sugary guy. It's always been a big one for me. Fruity Pebbles. I'm a big fan. Oh, I mean, it tastes like sugar mush, right? Like for me, it's just like colorful sugar mush in uh-huh. my mouth. I like the crunch. I love like the all the little bits that feels like pop rocks in my mouth mm-hmm, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the milk at the end is like the most disgusting slurry of acrid sugar, purple sugar lump. <laughs> yeah. Like 
ever. Uh huh. I'll drink that all day, every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'll so, drink that at the gym. <laughs> so just to be clear, mm. does the fruity pebble is it? Does it have a relation to the Rice Krispie? Is it the same product but fruity, or are yes. they totally unrelated? I mean, it's a fruity flavored Rice Krispie slash mm. cocoa puff. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would say maybe the Rice Krispies are just a little bit like more puffed. Mm-hmm. The fruity pebbles are a little denser, a little less airy, but Got they're it. still nice and airy. You know what I mean? Okay, I feel you because yeah. I like. I like the Rice Krispie only in treat form. I can't. I can't take the Rice Krispie in normal cereal form. Cereal no, in no, no. form. Yeah, I, I. I mean, but it's but it's not about the rice. It's about the sugar. Right. So, Daryl, you're number two. <laughs> All right, number two. I looked it up because I think they changed the name to it recently. This one, you might even consider this a health cereal, but the Quaker Oatmeal Square. I don't think I've ever had it. No, I don't know. I don't think most people have, but I ate a ton of these as a kid. So this is a... mistaken. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I need to go back. Fruity Pebbles are more akin to a cornflake, maybe. But they're very small, and they're about the size of a Rice Krispie, which is where my Mm. confusion sort of... Okay. So the Fruity Pebble, is it puffed or not puffed? It's like semi-puffed. I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Like, I'm picturing I don't know what it. To tell you, like it's there's like puffed sections and non-puffed sections. Uh huh. Uh huh. So yeah, there's a puff peb version and there's a flat sort of scoopy looking peb that almost looks like it just didn't get puffed. Like it's a deflated <laughs> balloon. Okay. I got it. I got All it. Right. Quaker oatmeal cereal? It's a Quaker oatmeal square. All right. So the important thing about this cereal product is the size because a um, mini wheat is too big. Too big to eat in one bite. And that's a bold That's a bold claim. I mean, I'm not sure I fuck with you on that. A mini wheat is mouthable. A mini wheat is too large. It's like, it's, it's like I think it's the size of a it's the size of a small you piece of sushi. You tell me, Daryl, a grown ass thirty two year old man can't fit a mini wheat in his mouth? Wait, is there a larger size? I'm mini? not Wait, saying there's a, a mini wheat is good. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh huh. It's this big. They, is there a bigger size? Is there a full-size wheat? There's a wheat? large. There's a full-size wheat. Okay. Maybe that's what I'm considering. Is it called just wheats? No. What's it called? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Wheat? <laughs> just wheat cereal? I always thought there was something like the mini Unfrosted wheat was big. Wheat. And there's like a super small mini wheat, which is there's actually a tiny edible. One, which yeah. is good. I think that's like the micro wheat. That's what I'm what saying. All right. So the mini wheat, I'm going with this. The mini wheat is too large to eat because it's way too big. That's why they I had to like make six mini wheats in my mouth. I don't like them. I can fit them in my mouth. Though. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is gigantic cereal. I'm saying that the Quaker oatmeal square is superior because it's the perfect size. It's okay. larger than a Cap'n Crunch, but it's smaller than what I, what I have in my mind as the inch and a half by one inch mini wheat, frosted mini wheat. I mean, 
diss the mini wheat all you want, but yeah. diss it on its merits <laughs> and don't make like spurious false misinformation claims about the mini uh-huh. wheat that right, it doesn't right. fit in your mouth. It does. It does, does fit, it fit in your on mouth. the spoon very well? Now there is a valid <laughs> criticism of the mini wheat. Does its strands get stuck in your teeth? Uh-huh. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, like, it does. It's not. You know what I mean? Like it is not uh-huh. a great cereal, but it right. does fit in your mouth. Yeah, like why would you want to eat steel wool for breakfast? All right, completely agree. <laughs> okay, last couple of things. So the Quaker Oatmeal Square is the perfect size, and it's kind of like brown sugary sweet, and that's it. And I like that once it sits in the in the milk yeah. for a little bit, it doesn't soak all the way through. It's right. like a half soak. Still got some crunch, a little bit of sweet, and it's nice. And nice. I ate a lot of them when I was a kid. Good, good. Um, yeah, I mean, I did not. I ate sugary cereal when I was a kid. I was like one of those kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, I again, it wasn't like a thing I had all the time. It was like a a thing that was a special occasion type of mm. thing. But when we got cereal, it was sugary. Yeah. Like I said, I ate them all. I yeah. ate a lot of sugary cereal. I ate well, every kind that was available. I tried uh, them all. My number two is I tried to stick to American cereals, but there was I had to make an exception because this really is my number two. I just had to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's Nesquik cereal, oh. which is a Canada exclusive cereal, I believe. Actually, I I don't think it's exclusive to Canada. I do think they don't sell it in the United States. Mm. However, it's great. It's a puff ball. So much akin to like a Reese's Puff or a Cocoa mm. Puff, uh, Nesquik cereal is about that size, or a modern day Trix, I would say. Mm-hmm. Before you know, after since they've changed it from the fruit chicks. Uh, but it's a chocolate ball. It's pretty simple mm-hmm. in its concept. Mm-hmm. And um, they sell it in Canada. They do sell it here in New Zealand. I believe they sell it in Australia too. For Brendan's phone, so he may be familiar. Hmm. Um, but I would go to Canada when I was a kid, and we would always look forward to going to Canada because we get Rollo ice cream, which is also a Canada exclusive product, and mm. Nesquik cereal. And what it does is great crunch, great flavor, uh, tastes like Nestle Quick. But when you finish eating the cereal product, the milk that it lists over is left over is straight up Nesquik chocolate milk. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Which is like a miracle of science that they were able mm-hmm. to do it this way. It, it There must be some kind of dusted coating on the ball that is just like Nesquik powder that falls off into the milk. And, and they figured out the perfect ratio to make sure that it uh, makes your milk. Which mm-hmm. is a great ending to a great story. I think, I mean... Uh, I'm not sure if they do this everywhere, but mm-hmm. certainly in America, we were just bombarded with cereal commercials. I saw mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah. And one of the things they don't or they never um, advertise is the it's cereal is a two part experience. It's right. the eating of the cereal and it's the drinking of the milk. But nobody ever talks about the milk drinking part. In college, I created like a 10 point cereal rating scale. had 10 different factors that were weighted Uh and uh you know it was like taste with milk taste without milk overall taste 
cereal surface area to milk ratio. Um, versatility, like what can you do with cereal sort of outside of cereal and milk? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I don't quite remember the, what the whole thing was about. Um, uh, maybe shelf life, maybe age appropriateness. Mm. Is it coming back? Um, and, you know, I rated a bunch of cereals on the scale. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't say these are my top three. Like, the ones that scored highest on that scale aren't necessarily my personal, but I just, the general rating system. So, uh, I've thought a lot about this. Sort of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> um, do you want to hear my number one? Oh, without a doubt. All right. So, my all around number one that I believe hits in all necessary categories for a cereal is Raisin Bran Crunch. It's got the flakiness of a classic. <laughs> I've known you for a long time. And I don't want you to take it the wrong way. It's a fucking psychotic choice. <laughs> it's the best one. Here's why. All right. Cla this So Raisin Brand Crunch was a product that was invented in between when I started and finished eating, started and stopped eating cereal. Raisin mm -hmm. Brand Original, no good. It's incomplete, right? It's All you have is soggy flake and soggy, then you got raisins. Like almost chewy flakes, right? Like mm -hmm. they're, they're like, they're almost fruit leather, but oat bran or something. Yeah, yeah. No good by itself. Raisin Brand Classic, terrible. Mm -hmm. Once they invented, though, the Raisin Bran Crunch, it's the right. same primary ingredients plus a sweet, honey, oaty, very small crunch ball. And all of a sudden, what is a entirely forgettable Raisin Bran cereal, all of a sudden is perfect. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's a sweetness. There's a the brown sugar. And one of the benefits of the Raisin Bran Crunch, shelf life. Okay. Yeah. Because probably good. Yeah. Like the changes in the texture. I mean, raisins obviously last forever, yeah. but the combination between the flake and the crunch ball in the same mixture there allows for this to be shelf stable for, I don't A know, millennia. like, uh, yeah, indefinitely. Yeah. Wherein classic flake and most cereal, yeah. I would argue, last maybe 10 days before it's uneatable. Well, <sighs> Once open. Depends. I feel like if you have a strict practice of cereal like <laughs> maintenance, uh -huh. you can stretch it longer than yeah. I don't. I'm not trying to take credit for that. Like mm -hmm. but if you got a nice little dog clip and you're rolling that plastic bag and clipping it and then also closing those cardboard flaps. <laughs> Which makes a difference? Makes question mark question mark. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh -huh. even better yet, if you're getting a separate air sealed container for your cereal, which I'm against in principle. Yeah, no. <laughs> it comes but it in will, a storage container. It will. It one of its pros, if you're listing pros and cons, its pros is it will make it last longer. Its cons mm. is you can't pour it for dog shit, right? <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Takes up too much space. You know, it's a giant piece of hard plastic, which is impossible to recycle. It's like bad for the mm -hmm. environment. Just for your head, yeah. cereal shelf life. 
So, I mean, before we go too much farther, I mean, I think the uh, the plastic container for the cereal is one end of the spectrum. I am more akin to the other side, which I truly believe is the purest form of cereal, which is the individual size box <laughs> that you open the face up, no. No. <laughs> you open the plastic no. bag, no. and you pour. You, there's no. that's maximum. When we were in grade school, <laughs> when we were in elementary school. Everybody in the world tried to convince us that this was a clever invention that worked really well. And let me tell you something. There's nothing worse than, like, trying to eat cereal out of the side of a soggy cardboard-ass box with, like, a gross piece of plastic. It's just the worst. If you're going to eat the mini box, you take the bag out, you open it up, you pour it back into the cardboard, and then you Uh you just house it. It's a no milk. <laughs> no scenario. milk. Milk on the side. That's a swish in milk the mouth. Milk on the side. No <laughs> pouring. Milk, you're eating milk on the side. That's right. No, the purest form of eating cereal. Uh-huh. Eat the whole box. One sitting. Uh-huh. That's <laughs> too much. That's what you gotta do. Uh-huh. That's what you gotta do. Eat the whole yeah. box. Just eat it. Just eat it. Yeah. You know, don't be a fucking mini. Just eat the cereal. <laughs> Go for it, all right? Just go for it. All right, my number one cereal, Captain Crunch. Yeah. Back to the Crunch. Right. Just come back to it. It's just incredible. Right. It's great cereal. Um, yeah. I like the look of it. I like the color of it. I like the taste of it. I like the dust. I used to take vanilla ice cream and... Crumble up some cat yeah. crumbs. I've done that. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who God. invented this folklore, but I for sure have participated in that. Cat crunch and then a dusting of hot cocoa mix. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I ate Ovaltine. Is that a thing? Mm, Anywhere mm-hmm. else? Ovaltine? Yeah. I think Ovaltine is maybe the truest American product ever invented. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um it's like a malt chocolate drink mix yeah. for those who don't know. Fucking um, uh, yeah. That's a, anyway. that's a great choice though. That's a great yeah, choice. Yeah. I feel like it was really solid. So. Um, uh, yeah. I made a short list here mm. of what I believe to be the most overrated cereals. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Most okay. overrated. Yeah. Most overrated number three, Lucky Charms. I yeah, I mean, I can't get with you and like I don't have negative feelings about Lucky Charms. Mm-hmm. But like just give me the marshmallows. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I like mar I liked marshmallows when I was a kid, but I think yeah. the the dehydrated marshmallow mm. part of it, not so good. Even no, when you're crazy. Yeah. Even when milked up, they don't expand into fluffy marshmallows. They just stay. They just get a little soggy. I yeah. like a stale marshmallow. That's like a difference between you and me. Mm. It's like a stale marshmallow is actually my preferred marshmallow consumption. Oh, really? Stasis. Yeah. Interesting. I'll leave. A, if I got a bag of mini marshes, I'll open Pop it. it open. Leave them out for a few days. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, 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 no. Peeps? I want to. I get peeps around Easter time. Crack that plastic right open. Leave them out for a month. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Still, peep is the only way to eat a peep. Okay, okay. 
I think you're the, in the minority when it comes to the marshmallow sure. consumption. Sure. Yeah, the, the dried out I'll one. I'll fully acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Lucky Charms, I think, number three, most overrated. Number two, I don't understand, like, I've already professed my love for Raisin Bran Crunch. Yeah. But this other product, Honey Bunches of Oats, I think... Yeah, I'm not, people, I'm not... Not about it. Totally over. Yeah. That would be my pick. That was going to be my pick for overrated mm-hmm. cereal. Honey bunches. And then, not only is the cereal itself overrated, but you have like honey bunches of oats people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right? Like just those <laughs> <That's> people. <laughs> You're like, oh, mm-hmm. it's so. If you go to somebody's house and you discover honey bunches of oats, I honestly like have a different opinion of the perk. Like, mm-hmm. oh. Ooh. Like if I was dating a woman and I went to her apartment and I opened her cupboard and there was honey bunches of them, I might have to end the relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yikes. Might have to. Might have to. Might have to. Um, yeah. My first. Number yeah. one overrated. Number one overrated. It's tough. I think the Cheerio. Is overrated. See, I was gonna say honey nut Cheerio is okay. I said honey nut Cheerio is okay. I think the classic Cheerio, Mm. no good. The thing about it is no good. But when you say overrated, I don't know anybody out there who's like kicking it on fucking Cheerios. (laughs) It's like (laughs) hell yeah, you know what I mean? Like I eat plain ass Cheerios, left right side, no banana, no no blueberries, no nothing, right? (laughs) Like. Like, I don't know anybody out there who's just vibing on Cheerios really hard. So I can't say that it's overrated, Mm, right? Okay. Okay. I think there are, like, the honey nut lovers out there. Mm -hmm. And those people are a little nuts because that cereal is, like, it's fine. Yeah. It's not not that good. But I don't know. I think maybe – I think growing up, I always thought the Cheerio was, like, the – Classic the pinnacle cereal. Is like cereal technology. Yeah, it's the cereal of all cereals, mm. and unfortunately, it's no good. No, it is like a simple. It is the wheel of cereal, <laughs> like the most simple invention, a, a, a donut, a, a miniature donut of oat bran. That's it. Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we got to move on. Do we have anything we want to talk about at Tokyo Drift? Not really. Not really. I only had one other Fast and Furious related thing. Yeah. Which is um, I started a – there's a new series called The After Party. Oh, I I watched the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. One is good. Episode two, very good. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Without spoiling it, it profiles the – leather jacket wearing um like beefy dude in the in the show mm, yeah. and they do like a very direct parody satire of Fast and the Furious right. which is obvious to everybody else but i think the quality of the satire is excellent down to like shot for shot very good modern like that yeah Fur- furious 7 level Action shots. And I think they did a really good job with it. All right. I'm definitely going to watch more. I watched an episode with my wife and then she went away for like three days. So I've been like pausing on that and a couple other things. That's nice of you to do. 
It's annoying. <laughs> As an, an active launcher like yourself, it's even a greater. Yeah, I'm a cultural affection. like vacuum. You know what I mean? Like I just need to be in, <laughs> taking in cultural products left, right, and center all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So when like I have to hit pause on something, I don't like it. <laughs> right. And you want right. to do shout outs? Sure do. What do you want to shout out to these people? Um, I'd like to give a shout out to the homemade hash brown. Mm. So the hash brown, as it's provided by your local McDonald's or, I mean, even the frozen ones that you can get at a grocery store, very nice, tight, shredded potato package. But the homemade hash brown, not that difficult. Shredder. Fresh potato, you can season to your liking, and you can add all kinds of fun stuff inside of it. Yeah. I put some peppers, I put some cheese in it. It's almost like a latka style. Mm. And be- because of the shreddiness of the potato when you do it yourself, they cook really quick. They cook almost as fast. My problem is squeezing the potato. Mm-hmm. You got to squeeze all that water out of there. Right. And like that. Ever. <laughs> you ever press I don't press. I did them by hand mm. and I squeezed out a little bit and I think with a with enough heat, I just made them in a cast iron. Mm. I think with enough heat and oil, you can right. just evaporate that. Yeah. yeah quick. Good. Good so it's very nice. Fashioned some of those recently. I like the customization in the homemade hash brown and it was delicious. I'm a big McDonald's hash brown fan. Yeah. Might be the best item at Ooh, I'm I agree. A, I'm yeah. a true Big Mac King for sure. But it might be the hash brown. Mm-hmm. And if you ask them, like, throw it back in the fryer for 30 seconds. Whoa, dang. I Ooh. didn't know that was an option. Oh, double crisp. <laughs> do they, Ooh. I mean, are McDonald's around the world doing breakfast all day? Or is that. Is that a thing or is that not a thing? It's not really a thing here. I don't know if they're even doing it in the America anymore. Oh. They still have all day breakfast. I know that was like a promotion a couple years ago, but do they still have all day breakfast? I don't eat McDonald's with enough frequency. I think the last time I was hearing McDonald's and I was in that, I was around McDonald's, they were doing breakfast all day. Their big flaw with all day breakfast, which they may still be doing for sure, Mm -hmm. um, is that the the What's it called? The McGriddle, the mm-hmm. uh, the best breakfast sandwich, mm-hmm. was not part of the all-day breakfast menu. Oh. So I couldn't roll in at 4 p.m. and get a couple of McGriddles, huh. which was a problem. Right. Um, yeah, That's... this is not all-day breakfast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's to say that I would eat a hash brown with a Big Mac. But oh. I would say that... If you had a Big Mac with hash brown buns instead of sesame... Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Check this out. A press release from McDonald's New Zealand released. Mm-hmm. Demand for breakfast items outside of normal breakfast hours has reduced over time. Mm. As part of the annual review, we've made the decision to take all-day breakfast off the menu. However, we have extended our traditional breakfast hours by 30 minutes 
to finish at 11 a.m. Which, hmm. you know. Wow, they took the loaded lettuce off the fucking menu. What's that? It was like a burger with a lettuce bun. Oh. Huh. And they took Got the it. kiwi burger off, too, which is, wow. Hmm. It's got beets and egg on it. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting what they eat over here. Anyway, man, my shout out this week is also a food item. I want to shout uh-huh. out to homemade pasta. Ooh. Turns out um, it's the easiest fucking thing in the universe to make. And like, I don't know why everybody in the world hasn't been making it every day for their entire lives. Mm-hmm. Straight up, take a little less than a cup of flour, mix in one egg. Don't even have to mix it in that well. Mm-hmm. Just sort of smush it together, roll it up into a ball, take plastic wrap, spin it up into plastic, pop that in the fridge. They say like twelve hours or whatever. Don't need to. A couple hours while you're making uh-huh. the sauce, right? If you make a homemade sauce, do the pasta first, make the sauce for a few hours. By the time the sauce is ready, take the pasta out. Couple mm-hmm. hours. Take it out, cut it into four pieces, roll them out on a cutting board. I don't even have a pasta maker. I just like mm-hmm. roll out by hand to get it as thin as possible, and I just slice it with a knife. Wow! It's fucking easy. Comes out. Takes fettuccine style. Yeah, yeah, kind of fettuccine-ish. You know, easy. Yeah. Um, I don't have to buy any expensive equipment. I have the simplest ingredients, egg and flour, and a little water if it needs more wetting. It's too floury. Mm-hmm. And then, like, while I'm rolling, I just use some flour to make sure it doesn't stick. It's done. You put that... I made a pesto the other night. Fucking phenomenal. I made, uh, you know, uh, like fettuccine alfredo, some butter, some parmesan cheese, a little uh, Very nice. pasta water. Mix that up. Done. I'm just saying, really homemade pasta is like, I'll never go back to pineapple mm-hmm. pasta. Never. I'll never go back. It's so much better. And it cooks, it's like a minute. Half the time. It's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the only drawbacks, I would say, to the homemade pasta is the cleanup. That sticky flour stuff, it's hard to clean. Yeah. I mean, not really, though. No. Yeah, get a bench scraper, scrape it off, throw it in the trash, and then use a sponge on the wood, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's it. You know, it is, it does get a little messy. You're throwing around with some flour. There is flour in places. You Mm -hmm. gotta wipe, it's like you gotta wipe it up with a sponge. Like, big deal. I feel like, what else do you do every day? I feel like it ruins the sponge. You got a brand new sponge, you're trying to clean up a bread or pasta making experience. That brand new sponge just gets all gooped up in pasta and flour, and it's done. It's you got to lower your expectation for, like, sponge readiness, I feel like. You know mm. what I mean? I change my sponge once a week. Hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. But I use it. Yeah. Know? So. Yeah. I don't know. Make your own pasta is all I'm trying to say. Then, like, once you get the basic rest... You can make whatever shape you want. The different pastas are literally just different <laughs> fucking shapes. <laughs> like that's the crazy thing that uh-huh. people need to realize is like it's not some sort of magical spice they put in a fucking rigatoni versus a ravioli. Mm-hmm. They just cut it differently. 
Yeah. You know? Uh, so make whatever crazy-ass shape you want. Mm-hmm. Get Play yourself a little stamper. Give yourself a stamp. Give yourself one of those, like, um, rollers that will cut it, like a, p- mm-hmm. a mini pizza wheel that cuts the pasta. Do you it. could have star-shaped pasta three times a week if you wanted to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, I haven't made any, like, bucatini or uh, macaroni because, like, I feel like making something with a hole in it would be tough. You need a, like, a churn press thing. Yeah, you need to sort of press it through like a... An extruder. Yeah, it's got to be an extrusion. I'm not interested. Like, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. Just make a little fresh pasta. It's fucking easy. Right. So, make your own. And if you want to make a connection with us, you can do that at Nolt Podcast, N-O-L-T-T Podcast on Twitter. No one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. No one likes to tune podcast at gmail.com. Patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna verse. No. <laughs> Patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast mm-hmm. is our Patreon. Join us there. We have where I answer every question that pops up there as fast as I can. We have just launched our Jason Statham bonus episodes series. We're gonna try to drop like one a month, I think. And um uh, so that's going well, and everything else going swimmingly over there. You know, you can vote on our in-betweeners, and like, there's different scales. You can give us a dollar a month if you want, you know, and and cancel anytime. So it would be actually really great if you could. Um, I had a microphone just like fuck out today, so I guess <laughs> yeah, if you want to throw us a bone, we don't do it for free. Uh, so uh, that would be really appreciated. And um, other than that, rate and review us if you want to throw us a couple stars. That'd be cool, man. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Really, it'd be great. Just take five minutes of your day. I know it's a lot. That's a big ask. Five five minutes is meaningful, you know? Um, but if you could, that'd be great. So, thanks. Anything else you got for this week, Daryl? I think that's it. We'll Five reconvene minutes. next week on the main pond for... Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Yeah. And my neighbor just started up his like rally car next door. So we're going to end. Sick. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Take it easy. Later. Later.